Hey sci-fi fans, this is Michael Trinko from Battlestar Galactica, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Good evening. I am Miles P. McLaughlin. Hi, I'm M. Sierra Garcia. Guys, it is awesome to be here. Yay! I've, I've missed the diner. Yes, uh, we've been chatting here a little bit before. I almost feel like the, the, that natural conversation we had going on is just, we should just hit record and just let it go. I know, because you guys get so comfortable. You guys, yeah, It's really nice. We just kind of jibber-jabber. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we can certainly jibber-jabber here. Yay! So, uh, oh, good. I'm getting my ukulele then. Get your Hold ukulele. On. I almost just like lightly in the background was playing the ukulele. We were jokingly going to say that this is going to be the Sci-Fi Diner ukulele show. <laughs> just, just well, that. I'm still learning my scales. That's right. Sci-Fi Diner. Hey, that didn't suck. Open mic night. Yeah, it sounded pretty good. I like it. <laughs> Me and like 12,000 million children can play that. It's awesome. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. You're back from Spain, Samuel. I am. España. I had a great España. time. So so there's been a, uh, if you notice, there's been kind of a break between shows here. And there's been tons of crap that has happened that, that has made that so. But one of the pieces of crap that was pretty awesome was I was in vacation for... Uh, my 20th year anniversary, can't believe it's been 20 years, um, and it's been awesome. We were in Spain for a week, and it was right over recording the diner, and we said, well, the commute's kind of t- tough, so um, we uh, went to Valencia, went to Madrid, went to Toledo, Cuenca, Segovia. We got to see a lot of those places. It sounds like we were a ton of places, but as with any vacation, when you go to those places, you hit you know a couple highlights. You don't really get into the depth of Spain, but it was awesome. Good. I loved it. I would totally go back. Until I go back. Awesome. Um, oh, I'm so glad. I'm yeah. so glad. Do you know what it is? It's one of these things, like, if you'd asked me, like, last year, if Miles, go ahead and ask me, it was Spain on my bucket list. So, Scott, was uh, Spain on your bucket list? No, no. It wasn't even on my radar. Oh, like, okay. So, I mean, and it's not like I'm, any, I'm not, like, anti-Spain, <laughs> right? Um, but we were we were set to go to Germany uh, because I that's, like, my ancestral heritage. And we were going to go to the village that my ancestors were from. Uh, which has been totally cool. But then, like, stuff with, like, ISIS and crap started, started happening in Germany early in the summer. And we looked at it, and so people were saying, well, maybe you should go to Germany. And we had to stop over in Spain anyways. And so when we called American Airlines, he said, you know what? We'll, we could refund you that leg to Germany, but why don't you just go to Spain? We're like, huh, Spain. American Airlines talked you into Spain? American Airlines talked us into Spain. <laughs> That's and, awesome. And, and it is. And... And in no regrets, uh, we have just had an absolute wonderful time there. And, um, and uh, I would totally go back, totally cool. go back if I had a chance. So, I'm so but. glad. As a the span the Spaniard side of me is 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 absolutely thrilled that you Good. had fun. Good. So, and uh, if you play Pokemon Go, plenty of Pokemon over there to catch. You got the <laughs> you got the regional one. I yes? did. I got Mister Meme. So. So it's the only game that I'm really religiously playing uh, right now, and uh, because I can see Pokemon Go is one of the, it's hard to call it a game. It's one of these things you can do casually, like your phone buzzes. Oh, there's Pokemon. Other than that, you can like hold a civil conversation or go running or do whatever you need to do. So, I went on a date where I asked him like a couple weeks ago. I asked him, "Hey," he said, "What do you want to do?" And I said, "We could grab a drink and then we can go downtown and go Pokemoning," and he said, "That sounds awesome." So that was our date. That's that was awesome. our only date. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other. Oh, well, no, he didn't. I, I wasn't on my fault. Yeah, we well, you know. He didn't uh, think I was cute either. It's his terrible loss. I know. Oh, bless. At least Miles. I mean, he's a lovely at, man. At least Miles thinks you're cute. So, yeah, um, yeah. So my son and I just this past Saturday, you know, went with. Uh, he has a friend of his from school, another nine-year-old at school, who said who plays Pokemon. His father play, and so. We took our kids and went out to a park, and we were Pokemoning for a couple hours, and it was pretty awesome. Good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But other than that, I've been, I've been doing, like, very little. Oh, so, 
You know how we uh, did that great review of Star Trek Beyond? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I totally, like, flubbed that one because I hadn't watched it. I didn't get time to watch it when we did it, which is totally cool. Like, <laughs> mind you, I'm like, this is my confession. Like, so here's the thing. I went to, like, the, the, the cathedral in Valencia, and they had all these confession booths. And I feel like on the other side of the wall, M was sitting there, and I'm just confessing how I didn't watch Star Trek. And uh, so this, <laughs> this is kind of, I hadn't watched Star Trek. And on the plane over, um, Iberia, we, we took over, and um, and so they had a selection. I was like, ooh, they have Star Trek. So I can finally watch Star Trek. So I watched Star Trek uh, on the way over, and my other guilty pleasure was watching the latest Fast and Furious movie because I always I have a guilty pleasure watching them. You know, something was, about seeing The Rock and uh, Vin Diesel like do their shit. Um, was that Fast and the Furious 8 where they like digitally enhance the guy who, who died? No, I, I think it was 7 because he was actually in there. Okay. Like uh, Paul Walker was in this one, and okay. then um, and then on the way back we had a different, an older plane, and they they only had like they didn't give you options. You like whatever movie they showed you had to watch, and so then they showed Star Trek again. So I watched it twice, and thoroughly enjoyed it. So that's like the latest sci-fi. And um, my family and I recently started watching Timeless, and uh, we're really enjoying that as well. Cool. So. Cool. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. My wife, my wife really likes Timeless, so it's like a sci-fi show that we can now like watch as a family. Oh, the wife likes it. That's good. Well, she likes it because it's all period stuff. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. Like, and so, I mean, she looks from the acting standpoint. She loves period movies, and so like this plays totally into that. I, I'm with her there. I think it, they do an amazing job. I'm not loving the show, but I. I'm really impressed yeah. with where they're going and, and I'm watching mainly to see like where, where else in time they're going to go. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I, I like a good time travel show and it's interesting enough that I bought the season uh, on iTunes. And so we'll watch it as we have time. Mm-hmm. So other than that, now I'm watching some anime reading uh Warbreaker by Brandon Sanderson. And that's really my, uh, that's really my gig. Hmm. Oh, we're going to see Doctor Strange Saturday. We're going to do a review show for those of you listening. We'll do a review show in two weeks. So if you're going to see Doctor Strange this weekend, let us know. I am, I am, I am. I'm going at 7 o'clock. We're going, we're going. 7.45. Yep, we're even springing for the uh, IMAX 3D. Yeah. Oh, well, I keep hearing that it's it's the best way to see it is in IMAX 3D. It looked like it might. I don't always spring for the, that, but uh, this this look like visually it might deserve the, yeah. the IMAX treatment. Something about going to a movie to and puking my guts out. <laughs> yeah. I, there is no cure for 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 3D vertigo. Yeah, I know, I know. It stinks, man. Uh, oh, know, it's exciting. Yeah, we're gonna go see Con on the big screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Milesy has exciting news. Yeah, so my TV time has uh, been rudely interrupted by getting a job. So I'm. I'm <laughs> um, That's awesome. Damn it, Miles. I know. <laughs> I can only give up. What are we going to do without our TV expert here? <laughs> I mean, I might only get about an hour of TV a night now. <laughs> oh. Um, uh, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm only caught up on one show this week so far, <laughs> which is Timeless. I watched Timeless yesterday. Nice. Yeah, well, I'm not caught up. We only watched the first episode, but my son then begged me repeatedly for the next three days. So when he watched Timeless again, let's watch Timeless, 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 Timeless. <laughs> and I'm like, well, we don't have time. So, <laughs> uh, but I did get my ahead. roomie and I got sucked into Westworld. So tell me about Westworld because you know, oh, I, it's, so it's, weird. It's like gratuitous robots, right? Not gratuitous robots. So it's basically a theme park of the future where you get to live out and experience in the old West. And it's based on a book where they had, I think it was three different worlds. There was like Roman world, future world and West world. And um, you just, and this whole fleet of androids were created to be as lifelike and human-like as possible so you could live out these fantasies. You could, in this theme park, you got to live the existence. You got to be the cowhand. Um, you got to be, you know, the bounty hunter. You get to be the white hat. You get to be the black hat. 
it's in in this particular TV show, kind of like the movie, focused on the Westworld part, and um, it it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating, and bizarre and cryptic. And every time I watch the show, I, I I I'm more befuddled than the last episode, so that's not helping. But I I can't not watch. It's so good. Actually, after we finish recording, my roommate and I are going to watch the next the latest episode. <laughs> awesome. Well, so, so I'm glad you like it. This is, Anthony it's... Hopkins is delicious. Oh, that's what I heard. And I can't tell if he's the protagonist or the antagonist. Yeah, you're not sure it's, who the good guys or the it's, bad it's, guys it's, are. It's, it's difficult with Anthony Hopkins, anyways. Oh yeah, I mean he's just beautiful as a as an actor. But this the character was so lovable in the first episode, and then he got a little fussy in the second one, and then he was lovable again, and then little hints, like little cracks in the in that cookie exterior, and um, there's moments where he just he kind of stops and will say something, and it, you just get cold because <laughs> you know he means he doesn't. He, there's no. He doesn't have to he doesn't have to pose an ultimatum or a consequence. He just makes the statement, you know, you're not going to do that thing. He just makes the statement, turns and walks away, and you're like, "What? Well, oh, I am I'm screwed if I even think of not, you know, or else or, you know, I'll cause you damage or he just says it with that wonderful Anthony Hopkins creepy way. Then walks away. He's wonderful. Um, the guy who played uh, Cyclops in the X Men movies, he's in it, and he plays one of the androids. And poor guy keeps getting killed all the time. Wow. <laughs> so, and it's kind of a safe. Like you could, you could be in a big old shootout at the saloon, but um, the weapons fired at the humans have those little um, sandbags, those little pellet bags. Mm -hmm. So you get the feeling of getting shot, but you don't get shot. And then your weapons actually have um, an, uh, a form of ordinance that will actually harm the the robots. And mm. I find myself and I've just I feel so like it's just kind of strange when they service the robots. They're always naked. And I say that like they're human and they're naked. But what they are is they are hardware that has been stripped down so that it can be worked on. So it's just kind of interesting how, like from the beginning, that's how they're treated, just stripped down hardware. Mm. And stripped is even like a, I, I don't even know if that, that denotes, well, you can strip down anything, right. but it's just, it's the hardware being worked on. So it's just kind of weird and a little voyeuristic, but not in a creepy, you know, you have to watch, you have to watch it in the confines of your room with the door closed. Mm. It's good. Well, so who's is, is this? An, this is an HBO show, is that right? Yes. This yeah. is an HBO show. Um, I'm pulling up the details now because now I'm blanking on everything. Um, uh, Westworld. There's so many, so many mysteries and so much amazing acting. Um, so. It stars Evan Rachel Wood and Thaddy Newton, Jeffrey Wright, amazing people. James Marsden, Ed Harris, Anthony Hopkins, really great people. Oh, good. Um, where's oh Jonathan Nolan isn't is one of the Nolan brothers is is part of this, um, and it's a series inspired by the 1973 film of the same title, written by Michael Creighton about a futuristic theme park. Populated by artificial beings. Hmm. It's really creepy. It's awesome. Yeah, Clifton Collins, we interviewed him at a shore leave. He was in the first of the J.J. Star Trek movies. Uh, he, he's he's in a, it? He's in it, too. Oh, good. Yeah. I love Jeffrey Wright. I loved him in in Hunger Games. Well, so it's something that you're planning to continue watching, and it has enough of your attention for that. Um, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm in. Yep. Oh wait, there's a Hemsworth in here. Hemsworth. Is this like? It's uh, probably the brother. Who's the Who's the brother to Chris Hemsworth? Well, so this Liam. guy is Hemsworth. Hemsworth. I wonder. Luke Hemsworth is known for his work. Blah blah blah. blah. Uh, oh, Luke, yeah, brother-in-law. 
older brother of Chris and Liam. Oh, okay. there you go. That's why he's. Oh. Who does he play in? in That's uh, why he looks familiar. So it's kind of weird because his his vocal his his audio always sounds like it's dubbed, like it's ADR, like it's been post produced, mm. and it's probably they may have might have been working on his accent. Oh, they might. And have. they had to fix it, so they went back and re-recorded him where they needed to. Mm. Very interesting. He looks mm. like. He looks like a Hemsworth now that I really look at him. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't I didn't I was always wondering why his voice sounded funky. No, well, like it never be. sounded like he was in the room with these people. Mm. It sounded like it was recorded after the fact. Yeah, you can kind of tell when that happens too. Yeah. So I got a question for you guys. Yeah. Yes. Did Walking Dead go too far? I watched a little the the uh season premiere and then I and then I stopped watching it. It was like I, I just don't like it. It's just not, um, you, you know. I mean, I understand what Walking Dead is it's about zombies, and it's about you know humans trying to survive and humans at their worst. Um, but it just I don't know. Just for me, I just, I mean, yeah, I went too far. I I, I had no desire to watch it after that. Um, did you watch the episode? Well, here's the right question. Okay. So ask me if I care what's going on with Walking Dead. So, um, do you? No. Uh, are you absolutely enthralled nope. with nope. Uh, Walking Dead Nicked. and what's happening Nine. in the current season? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> when um, um, and when did you stop caring about the show? Season two. See, I I, just, I, I did make I didn't it, love it. I made I made it a little bit further than you. <laughs> I made it to season three when they hacked off Herschel's leg, and that was like, <laughs> but that was it. And it was kind of the same thing. I'm like, I don't need to see this in my life, and because they it, they didn't necessarily show up, but they showed enough that made you say, okay, I'm done. And I think it seems like from what I'm hearing from the Facebook chatter, uh, when it can actually raise its head above the Trump and Hillary stuff. The uh it's 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 people this is kind of this is kind of the straw that broke the proverbial camel's back for the show, at least for them. I've mm. heard a lot of people said, you know what? I'm done with dead. Mm-hmm. And uh you know the whole uh slaughtering of Ke- uh, of Glenn was just a bit much for people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he 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 was a beloved character on that show. Yeah, it's a his eye popped out, and it was just, it was just uh, people described it to me, and I was like, "Well, I'm not missing the show." Yeah. So, do we think that this will put in, like, will seal the coffin on Walking Dead, or do you think that it will retain enough of an audience to keep going? You should call it the Walking Lost. <laughs> that's how, it, it appears to be that's how upset people are. I know. Well, maybe JJ can do it. Then it can be lost. You know, I mean, I'm done with it, but, I, you know, it, it's hard to say. When I thought the show was losing steam, I'd hear it get renewed another season. So, Well, I guess here's the, here's the other thing with it is um, it, the other side of this is so what they did on television was actually much tamer than what the comics show. So the comics are pretty graphic when the scene occurs with the slaughter of Glenn. I mean, that happened in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just our sensibilities for television aren't built the same way. And it, like you can look at something in the comic and be a little bit more removed than you can with the visual stimulus of television. Mm. So maybe that's maybe that's the difference. And they tried to emulate the comic, and it wasn't quite as far as the comic pushed it. But it was far enough. It is when you when you read it in a comic, you can see stuff that's pretty. Uh, you know, people's limbs being torn off, and you're kind of like, well, it's just a cartoon. But when you see it in a character, that's it's not real life, but it's real enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't watch it enough, nor do I really care. I I shouldn't. I can't have an opinion. It's not fair for me to have one because um, it's is all a, based this, on conjecture. This is actually a, a, a miracle, M. Zip it, you. <laughs> you no opinion. No. Zip it, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Oh boy! Well, let's move into some movies. Anyway, yeah, we have some movies that came. A trailers that dropped that I don't know that had me uh, kind of in- 
Exciting. Oh, Excited. Yeah, I guess. I definitely yeah, so uh, do we want to approach these in any order? You want to put them in the order that we have them? Be Logan yeah, let's first? Just, let's watch Logan first. Logan, what did you do? Charles, the world is not the same as it was. Mutants. They're gone now. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only thing that's real what is she beneath the she's like you of time very much like you the feelings disappear she needs our help you are someone to come along. Someone has come along. I am still right here. And you could have it all. My empire of dirt. I will let you down. Pretty awesome, I think. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, where in the uh, timeline does it take place? Um, sometime in the future. Um, so, Old Man Logan's a comic, isn't it? As a what? Isn't Old Man Logan a comic? I think it is. Oh, yeah, it might be. And, and you see this, I mean, this is a perfect way if... if so, if Hugh Jackman's going to finish playing you know wolverine this is a great movie to do it mm-hmm. and um and to see patrick stewart back in there and he looks very well he's playing a very frail character in this one right he like, must be real professor x must be very old if logan is looking old mm-hmm. yeah so i to see him like so frail like that it it made sense it made sense yeah. So old old man Lo- Wolverine, old man Logan is an uh, an eight issue storyline from the Wolverine ongoing series, written by Mark Myler uh, and Steve McNiven. It began in June of two thousand eight, and it ended with a giant size old man Logan in September two thousand nine. It's set in an alternate universe. Um, wow, the plot is pretty dense. Very dense. Well done, Wikipedia, and all the nerds out there who added to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I need to be better at like preparing for these shows. I'm well, you know, what, but, you know what? You know what? I mean, it is a it. Uh, so I'm watching right now. My we were talking about Anthony Hopkins in Westworld. We just got wa- done watching the, his 1973 version of Dollhouse, where he plays like one of the main characters in Dollhouse, and then. We're watching Les Mis with Hugh Jackman in it. And mm-hmm. he's just, the depth and the, a lot of people have faulted some of the Wolverine movies, but but the, but he does bring a depth to the characters. Fault. It's not. It's not because he is really an incredible actor. Oh, very much. And, oh, God, and, yes. you, and, you, and you see that. So it's what we get, a minute and a half trailer, but you see the depth of struggle and yet the care of this young, his young little prodigy or padawan or whatever you want to call it who's kind of there by him and is wanting to protect and um is is this kind of this desolate world and the mutants are gone except for a few it's just there's a lot here and then you have the johnny cash song playing in the background mm-hmm. uh hurt and it's just it's just incredible so and there are apparently a lot of easter eggs in this trailer that um, that me being the non 
uh, <laughs> X Men geek I am, I, we probably missed. But. I should I should ping my my friend Laura, and she's she has an encyclopedic knowledge of all things Wikipedia, um, or all things Marvel and X Men. She's got a good mind for that. She is a walking walk of Wikipedia. Um, she's she remembers like not super minutia detail, but she's good at remembering a lot of the storylines. She could probably. I'm, I'm, I'll have to watch it with her and see what she picks out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but here's some of the, here is uh, some of the, uh, some of the Easter eggs in it. Um, okay. I'm well, don't through. tell me. Okay. Then I'll, we'll talk about this like in the next show. Here, you, I'll cover my ears and I'll, okay, you guys talk about it now. No, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not talking about it. I'm not going to talk about it. Anyway, so uh, so uh, Miles, are you looking forward to this movie? I, I am. I mean, uh, it looks interesting, so I'll, I'm definitely intrigued. Yeah, and uh, how about uh, how about you, Adam? I'm concerned. <laughs> You're um, concerned. <laughs> I'm concerned, uh, honestly, and and rightly so, because the first one was okay, and the last one was. Mm, just wasn't it just wasn't and um i really i i really need them to care i need them to do a a damn good job um it's like i'm going through the synopsis now which i was trying to avoid but I don't want to wait till... So it's set in the future. Logan and Professor Charles Xavier must cope with the loss of X-Men when the corporation led by Nathaniel Essex is destroying the world, leaving it to destruction, with Logan's healing abilities slowly fading away and Xavier's Alzheimer forcing him to forget. Logan must defeat Nathaniel Essex with the help of a young girl named Laura Kinney, a female clone of Wolverine. Whoa. That's a wow. Big, that's a big thing. Wow. So basically, he's kind of his kid? Sort of. Hmm. So that's kind of cool. We didn't, wow. We, we didn't see her. It's sp- intriguing to me, but. Yeah, we didn't see her spout the claws. Uh, we didn't see her spout the claws. Bad. Well, then they just give the whole movie away. I know. But you I just hate did, when they do that. You, like the you, new you just Chris Pratt movie. Diner, um, I, I apologize on behalf of uh, M that she spoiled the movie for you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there on IMDb. Um, it's like the movie Passenger. The the It's not out yet, but I know what it's all about because the idiots who cut the trailer put way too much information in it. And it, it looks good because Chris Pratt and he's funny and he's... A pretty good dramatic actor when he wants to be, <laughs> and Jennifer Lawson, who is also an amazing actress. And then it's it was a really good trailer, and they could have there were like three good spots they could have stopped it and left you hanging. But now I know what it's about. Yeah. So it's not fun anymore. I know. Yeah. Well, speaking of Chris Pratt, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two trailer dropped. See what I did there? Yeah, I know. I see that. At me. You are sly. Nice sly little segue. As it says on our notes, M, segue to the next film using Chris Pratt. That's okay. right. Yes. Hold, please. <laughs> (laughs) 
Well, I like how they have Baby Groot. Baby Groot. Baby Groot. <laughs> Yay, another Groot for me to buy. Well Oop. done, merchandiser. <laughs> well done. They've done their job. You know, it's a lot of lot of music and some recycled lines, but it's good. I like it. I The first one was fantastic. I can't wait for this one. No, it was fun. It's a departure. And again, I think, you know, you get into this sort of formulaic delivery of superhero movies, and then you get something like, Guardians of the Galaxy, and, and what I'm, and what I think we're hoping that Doctor Strange will be, which is a little bit off the beaten path from the superhero genre that we come to expect, and so I'm, I'm excited about this, mm-hmm. especially because of Baby Groot. So it's you know it's James Gunn who is really an incredibly talented, um, just an incredibly talented filmmaker and storyteller and who doesn't get a lot of credence because he prefers to do the scarier stuff and the gorier stuff or he just he does things differently and for him to be for him to I, I love that people know who he is now I mean I've, I've watched his films for 15 years now and his brother was on Gilmore Girls which is even funnier um, to see him when he's a well he's in every one of his brother's movie so that doesn't really make a difference um i think it's the vision it's the vision and the writing and the they they care they really care about the product that they're putting out and it's got to be funny if they're not if i think i heard james gunn say if i'm not laughing you guys aren't gonna laugh so or if i'm not intrigued you're not gonna be intrigued so and that's a great philosophy to approach it you know Great, great philosophy to kind of approach a film like this is to say, the author or the director isn't laughing. Then you know, what, how can he expect us to laugh? And that's yeah. So I, I'm looking forward. Do we do we know when this movie's going to be out? Do we have a? It says 2017. So May May fifth, 2017. Awesome, awesome, very good. Well, the great May movie. So look Yay. forward to. Yeah, I need definitely. to make my giant list of what to watch next year. We do. We need to talk about it then. So. Uh, and maybe we can do like a New Year's show. That would be like our New Year's resolution. What movies we're going to see. Uh, so right, exactly. This, this, exactly. Is the, this next movie uh, kind of popped on the radar. And I, did, I haven't heard anything. I don't even think there's a trailer out yet for it. But uh, I think it was the cast that kind of got my attention. And, and um, so basically there's this Russian fantasy film. It's, I guess it's Vi 2. V2. Uh, not like uh, V, the aliens invading Earth V, but basically Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jackie Chan, and what Rucker Howard team up for. Oh this, dear God! It's this Russian fantasy <laughs> film, right? So be, before you kind of judge it based on them, it's this, it's a Russian Chinese fantasy movie um, based on a 19th century novella penned by Nikolai Gogol. Um, it was they, they, there was a movie that was released in 2014 that was a huge hit in Mother Russia, and then when it came to the U.S., it was like sent straight to DVD and didn't do much. But um, it's an interesting story. So here's just a little little synopsis, a little bit of premise of it. The movie kind of centers on this explorer named Jonathan Green, uh, who receives an order from Peter the Great to map the Russian Far East. Once again, he sets out on this long journey. Full of incredible adventures that will eventually lead him to China. The cartographer will face many breathtaking discoveries, encounter bizarre creatures, meet with the Chinese princesses, and confront deadly martial art masters and the Dragon King. So, uh, there is a trailer for it, but it's a trailer for the old movie. I'm not going to play it. But, I don't know. It's a little bit like historical fantasy, maybe? It's different. Why why, why are you snorting (laughs) at me? You haven't even seen this movie. Or trailer for it. I haven't seen this movie, no. All right. I'm just... You're just judging. It just seems kind of ludicrous, so absolutely (laughs) I want to see it. (laughs) Well, so, you know, Jackie Chan, has he done anything recently? Not that I've seen. I don't think he's done anything here, but that guy's always working. He is. And, of course, Schwarzenegger's been in, like, the uh, Terminator movies and some of the Expendable movies. Mm -hmm. Who's this Rucker Howard? Who's Rucker Howard? I don't even know him. He oh did. my God! Who's Rutger Hauer? Oh, this... Lady Hawk, um, Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, Blade Runner. Oh, okay, Hauer? all right. Yeah, okay. I I've seen those movies, but I wouldn't have been able to say, "Oh, that's Rutger Hauer." He's not. He's not like someone that I'm like gushing How, over. You're like my age. How do you not know Rutger Hauer? Uh, 
I don't know, Al. I have no excuse. I'm so <laughs> I will come to confessional on Sunday and confess that I'm so that disappointed. Too. Get back to Spain. Get back to, go to the confessional go booth. Go confess. <laughs> I, man, I would totally go to Spain to confess again and do many other things, but confess would be one of them. <laughs> but, um, all right, so uh, not. we'll see what happens. So let's talk about life. Well, you know what's funny is I'm looking here on IMDb for Jackie Chan, yep. who's in like a million things at the same time. Um, oh, there's a Karate Kid too, huh? Um, that <laughs> Vi movie isn't listed. Yeah. Well, I don't know. This is on Blaster, so I don't know. Whatever. They Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe he's producing it. Yeah, I don't know. He's he, in the new Lego Ninjago movie. That's awesome. <laughs> I love Lego. That's Ninjago. really cute. He's in something called Kung Fu Yoga. Oh, dear God. <laughs> that, I don't know. Yoga is painful enough. You put Kung Fu in it, I think I'm going to die. Ninja Yoga. Yeah. Kung Fu Yoga. Yeah. Wow. Voodoo Yoga. Um, awesome. Well, so let's talk about life. Well, it's been a it's been a long day. and Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, so I watched a trailer for this movie, and... You know, I'm like, oh, well, look at this cast. It's Jake Gyllenhaal. It's kind of interesting. And then I got to the premise of being on the space station. I thought, I've seen this movie before. You know, people on a ship and someone goes berserk. Alien life form takes over the ship. And I'm like, I, I don't care. Yeah, Event Horizon. Like that, that yeah, Event Horizon was that. Like... Sam Neill was in that one. I mm-hmm. I fast forwarded halfway through that movie because I just couldn't stand I couldn't stand it. But... I mean, visually looked pretty cool with the the ships um, coming apart and stuff. Yeah, I don't know your thoughts, Em? Um, I'm I'm not over underwhelmed. I'm just whelmed. It's another. It was Dayton Moore who said another horror film in, or was it you who said it? Another, oh, another horror film in space. Oh, uh, I think I said it. Dayton was actually, you know, uh, saying, oh, he cannot wait for this movie. So Okay. Yeah. Well, then when we, when we review it, we should have Dayton on. Yeah, because he can, like, take us all on. But then that, that means I have to see it in order to legitimately discuss it. I'll see it. Finally. Take, I'll probably see it because it's all science fiction Yeah, Yeah, t- t- take one for the team. <laughs> if I could put all these movie tickets on on, on yeah. taxes, heck yeah. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Uh, all right, well, why don't we move on here? Um, so we have an interview that we're going to share tonight. I don't think, is there anything else we need to discuss before we move to the interview? Um, well, no, we didn't really talk a lot about television, but now I'm, um, I'm, I'm caught up. I'm almost caught up on... Like with Supergirl now over at uh, the CW, if you if it seems any better, if it seems any worse, nah, if it seems it. if it's whelming, if it's just whelm, not under or over. I was just kind of curious about that. I'm really that, professional. That, I'm sorry. That's what that's the way M feels about it right now. You heard it right there. It's <laughs> cute. I like watching it, but I'm just I want to know what you guys thought. Uh, I like what I've seen so far. I guess there's been two episode, two or three episodes out so far. Uh, they. I like the addition of Superman. I, th- I think the guy they have playing him, and I thought I, th- I think he's good. I, I mean, uh, th- there are people on social media saying he's better than um, Man of Steel. Um, no, Henry Cavill. They're saying uh, that's what they're saying. Um, so whether, whether he is or he isn't, he's obviously you know he, he's obviously liked. People people are liking him. Um, he plays a very comic book. Superman, and I think Cavill plays a very graphic novel. No, I agree with Superman. That. I would agree with that look. That's a good. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Um, are you watching it, Scotty Boy? Nope. <laughs> okay. Well, nah. then that ends that conversation. There we go. That, moving, hey, I'm, on. I'm moving on. So, no. and, and I'm watching the CW superhero shows also. So. I feel like Arrow's kind of. I'm just kind of disappointed. Arrow's been boring. I think they Am tried. I, something? I think they're trying to shake things up. But the, you know the band has basically broken up, and so you know uh, Oliver's started a new band. Um, yeah, we were just talking about that. I, I, I wonder how much you know 
we'll see how much life this show has left. Yeah, hard to know. CW can milk shows for a little bit. They, they seem to have a little bit more grace. Right. And they give shows a little bit longer of a time to wrap up. So any of you any of you checked out Frequency? Nope. Okay, I, I'm, I'm watching that. I'm liking what they're doing with that. I don't know how long they can keep it going. Um, but it, as far as the time travel... It's interesting comparing that with uh, timeless because whenever they go they go back to present and timeless, they don't know what um, the after effects are. Right, and the and the and the, the woman, uh, the female character, she's only aware of her the original timeline. She's not aware of the changed timeline. In the in um, frequency, uh, Raimi, she she is aware of both. She is aware mm. of the original timeline, but then she remembers. You know, she it's like it was like the movie. Uh, yeah, uh, character. Uh, he 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 remembers two 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 timelines or three timelines because it's a TV show, so things are happening. And in '96, things are in flux, so it it you know it, things are changing all the time and and. Uh, Raimi, the female protagonist, she doesn't necessarily notice right away when something has changed or whatever. So uh, I'm liking that show. Yeah. No oh, good. Well, good. Mm-hmm. Two time travel shows on TV right now. Yeah. We're happy. Yeah, that should be happy. Mm-hmm. Space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship. Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Why don't we move into our interview? And who are we interviewing tonight, Miles? So at Shoreleave, I had the opportunity to meet uh, Michael Forrest. Um, fans of original Trek, uh, classic Trek, would recognize him. He played Apollo in the original series, uh, Whom Wants for Adonai. He also reprised that role a few years ago with the Star Trek Continues uh, group. Um, he played Apollo in there, but uh, uh, he, he has a very impressive uh, IMDb list of uh, acting credits. He's done movies, popular TV shows throughout the the, the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, tall guy, too, but he's like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, but, uh, um, you know, so he, he has seen a lot in, in Hollywood. Um but it was a it was it was a joy to talk to him, right? I like how when you when you mentioned Apollo, both Em and I were like, "What Battlestar Galactica?" <laughs> Did you just not say Richard Hatch? Yeah, Richard Hatch. Yeah. No, we we, <laughs> we interviewed Richard Hatch way long ago in the diner. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so and this was a, this was a short leave. This a short leave. Uh, what 39, 38 interview? Yes. So this 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 past this past one, and uh, yeah, he. Um, Surely, if couldn't do much with the fiftieth year, because uh, um, Vegas Con pretty much took everybody. Oh, I'm sure. But uh, we we did get uh, Michael Forrest, who who was in the original TV series. That was pretty cool. That is that is uh, pretty awesome mm-hmm. to have him on there. Oh yeah. Um, and the interview with him went well, and it was on the floor. I assume it was on the floor. Um, yeah, w- went fine, and uh, very nice guy. Had a nice p- got, got a good picture with him. Um, you know, uh, he you know he. He's he's a little surprised that people still, you know, love this as much as they do. But um, he makes him happy though. Oh, gives him a paycheck. Yeah, right. right. Absolutely right. Mm-hmm. So, very right, good. Let's play the interview. My children, long have I waited for this moment. The memories you bring of your lush and beautiful earth, green fields and blue skies, the simple shepherds and their flocks. You know of earth? You've been there? Once I stretched out my hand and earth trembled and I breathed upon it and spring returned. You mentioned Agamemnon, Hector, Odysseus. How do you know about them? Search your most distant memories those of the thousands of years past, and I am there. Your fathers knew me, and your father's fathers. I am Apollo. And I am 
the Tsar of all the Russias. Mr. Jack. I'm sorry, Captain. I never met a god before. And you haven't yet. Readings, Doctor. Simple humanoid, Captain. Evidently not so simple. Earth. Mother of the most beautiful of women in the universe. That, at least, has not changed. I am pleased. Yes, my children. Zeus, Athena, Aphrodite, Artemis, a gallant band of travelers. We knew your Earth well 5,000 of your years ago. All right. We're here at your invitation. Would you mind telling us what you want without all the Olympian generalities? You will not leave this place. Transporter room. The transportation device no longer functions. End of our eyes, come in. I will not permit that device to work either, Captain. What is it you want? You will worship me, as your fathers did before you. If you want to play God and call yourself Apollo, that's your business. But you're no God to us, mister. I said you would worship me. And you've got a lot to learn. And so have you. Let the lesson begin. Welcome to Olympus. Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at Shore Leave 2016, and we're hanging out with Mr. Michael Forrest, a man who has an acting career spanning six decades with an impressive and diverse list of acting credits. I invite you to check out Mr. Forrest's IMDb page to see all the works he has done. However, Star Trek fans remember and love him for playing Apollo in the classic Star Trek original series episode, Who Mourns for Adonis? And three years ago, we get to see Mr. Forrest reprise that role in the Star Trek Continues first episode, Pilgrim of Eternity. Mr. Forrest, thank you for taking time to talk with us on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. And it's, it's a pleasure to meet you. We're celebrating 50 years of Star Trek, and you are a part of that celebration. When you first did the episode of Who Mourns for Adonis, uh, what do you remember when that episode was produced? First, let me correct you on something. Yes, it's sir. not Who Mourns for Adonis, it's Who Mourns for Adonais. Adonais, okay. Adonais means God in Greek, mm -hmm. and I think in Hebrew as well. Okay, I will. Uh, anyway. I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just so many people. I made the same mistake uh, mm -hmm. when I first heard it. I thought it was Who Mourns for Adonis, and then somebody corrected me who had far more knowledge than I about language. And that's how I came to know that. Well, it's good to know that's how the, the writer intended. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Anyway, the question was? Well, what do you remember when you filmed that episode? Uh, what was it like back then? Just uh... You know, it's, it's strange because uh, about three or four weeks before, I had done a Western mm -hmm. in which I was beat up and eventually killed and so forth, riding horses and rolling around in the dirt. And then... Four or five weeks later, I, I'm now in a gold tutu, <laughs> uh, prancing around as a god. Uh, the thing that impressed me mostly about the show is that it was so well written. I was when I first read it, I thought, "Wow, this is a lot different than what I am used to." The kind of thing that I uh, used to, work which were not—they weren't bad shows, but. They weren't written as well as the Who Mourns for Adonais. That was my first impression. Um, then everybody approaches a show, most actors, you know, it's a job, and you're going to do the best you can. No actor ever starts out trying to make a bad show. You're always trying to, to make a good show. And uh, in this case, uh, there was, at the time of we were shooting, the Six-Day War started in Israel, between Israel and Egypt. Everybody had a phone or a, 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 a radio stuck to their ear listening to what was going on in the Middle East. I was, you know, concerned about it, but my main concern was the show. And I was not paying that much attention. I was aware that there was a war going on, but I was more 
focused on learning my lines and doing what I had to do as far as the show was concerned. It was a good experience. I, 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 it, it was hard work. It was hard work, but it was good experience. And everybody I worked with on the show, they were all great. They were really, everybody was dedicated in what they, what their job was. And for that reason, uh, you know, it, it was a, not just a pleasant experience, but a good working experience. You've been making TV and movies for several decades. What has changed in your observations when it comes to how stories are told now? Well, technically, everything has uh, improved immeasurably over the years. And uh, that's the thing that I noticed mostly. Uh, I directed a picture in Spain because the director became seriously ill, so I had to take over. I just said, I can do this film for you, and so I did. We were working with film in those days. Now nobody works with film. They, it's all digital and so forth. So technically everything has changed. I don't know that the scripts are written any better. I think somebody said there are only seven basic storylines in all of literature. And uh, everybody tries to improvise on those storylines because when you see a show, you say, oh, that's familiar. The kind of plot line is familiar to what you have seen or experienced in television or major films. And I, I don't think it... it, it the most important thing is that things have changed technically, but not so much from the standpoint of the uh, writing is not that superior. Sometimes you see shows that are carefully delineated and worked out in such a way that you say, wow, that is good, however they constructed it to begin with. So that, that, that uh, basically for me, that's... Those are the changes that have taken place. You've done it all, movie, TV, and stage. Do you have a preference where you like to perform? You know, it, it really doesn't matter. I, I, I love all of the mediums. Uh, if, I, if somebody asks me to do a particular role in a play, uh, and I like that role, uh, I will jump right into it. But... Uh, it's like with certain, now, nowadays I'm kind of, well, I say I'm retired. But if somebody offers me a role that I like, not too big, <laughs> thank you, uh, I'm more than happy to do it. But I don't pursue it like I did where I had an agent that was out there and I was badgering the agency, why, why not getting interviews and so forth. Uh, that that stage of my career is long gone. But I mean, if somebody offers me something and it looks like something I want to do, then fine. Um, I'm for it. So, if we bring it back to Star Trek, how was it pitched to, to you to reprise your role as Apollo for the Star Trek Continues group? Well, it's interesting. Uh, Vic Mignogna, who is the producer, director, and uh, plays the captain in... in in, the, in those uh, episodes, he approached me on it, and I thought, hmm, do I really want to do this? And I thought, no, I don't think so. And he talked me into it, and he said, I'll send you a script, look at it, which I did. And uh, I thought, well, that's a pretty good script. They don't want me to play the young Apollo, so play him at my, my, the age I'm at. And um, I thank God they talked me into doing it because I really enjoyed doing it. My, my, uh, my wife also was in it, played my wife in it, which was a very small part for her. But that scene was important for the entire show. Right. Uh, interesting. I, I, I'm glad I did it. I really am. Uh, I'm glad you did too. It was a very enjoyable episode. And I'm going to spoil it. Folks, if you haven't seen Star Trek Continues, stop the interview, watch it. Um, but I love it. It's a redemption story. <laughs> Thank you. It's nice of you to say so. So, we're at a science fiction convention. I'm nerding out. 
I had a chance to meet you, one of the actors for one of my favorite sci-fi shows. What are some things that maybe you might have heard about? about well, I'm I'm a big, big fan of astrophysicists. Okay, real science. I, I don't, uh, I'm not, I, I know something about it, but I'm like a novice at it. I've read Hawking's uh, six or seven of his books. Oh, okay. uh, I have met several people who are involved in uh, space uh, travel and all of what is going on with NASA. And I'm absolutely fascinated by that, uh, by the work. You know, they just uh, sent a probe out to Jupiter five years ago, and it finally arrived a short time ago, and they missed it by one second. Can you imagine one second was the difference in what they had calculated for it to arrive at Jupiter, and they said they missed it by one second. That's, that's phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal? Yeah. I mean, five years this has been traveling, and finally it gets there because it has a very, it doesn't go straight to it. It's a circuitous route to get there. Anyway, that, those are the things. I've read other books by other people, and um, I'm absolutely fascinated by it. I was talking to a NASA person last night, matter of fact, this uh, plan that they had to send a man or two people to um, Mars. I'm thinking that may just be a one-way flight. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I thought about it, and I thought, under the right conditions, I might volunteer for that. Not that I'm looking to die or anything right. like that, but I... I would be that adventurous to undertake such a... I know they won't ask me because I'm too old, but I, I thought about it, and I thought if, if by any rare chance that they would, I think I would accept it. I would want to make that trip, although it's going to take nine to ten months for at the speeds that we are capable of doing to get there. But I mean... The whole idea of it is fascinating. To oh, me. absolutely. Fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. One last question for you. Looking at your IMD page, you still work a lot. So, so what's next on the horizon? What, could, what we might see in the next? Uh, you know, it will be a, it's a mystery to me because I simply have no inclination uh, towards working. As I said before, if somebody asks me to do a job and I, I like doing it, it's not going to be too difficult. I'm more than willing, but otherwise, I'm basically retired. I never thought I'd ever hear myself say that, let alone do that. Right. But, uh, you know, you get to a certain point, you just realize that you don't have the energy or whether you have even the ability to do it anymore. You just, not like you lose confidence, you just realize that age plays a factor. Yeah. And you just simply have to accept the fact, you may not like it, but you have to accept the fact that you are not just getting older, you're old. And you just, <laughs> this is the way it is. This way it is. No shame in it. It's just No, no, it's the way it is. Well, Mr. Forrest, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for your time today. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure for me. And we are back, and we are here to wrap up the show. Uh, I guess before we go, we should remind people Doctor Strange this weekend. We're going to review that in the next episode. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yay! And yeah, we're all stoked about that to see Khan in this new uh, movie. Just kidding. Rene <laughs> Cumberbatch. Um, batch. Batch. Um, uh, but you know him coming out, and uh, and so I'm, I'm excited about this movie. It's, it has the premise to be a new, a different type of sci-fi hero. Movie. Yeah, I mean, from what I understand, it's going to be in the Marvel Avengers universe, but uh, it's it's going to be they they say in the film that uh, the Avengers take care of uh, physical threats. Um, you know, we take care of the. I'm probably getting the quote wrong, but uh, you know, metaphysical threats or something. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it this weekend. Me too. Saturday night. So two weeks. So I guess what we're saying here is, if you see Doctor Strange. Send us your feedback, and we will we will talk about that here in the show. And so you can do that by emailing us at the sci-fi podcast at gmail.com. 
messaging us on Facebook, uh, tweeting us, and uh, yeah, so you can get her. Tell us what you think of Doctor Strange. Absolutely. I think that's about it. All right, till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see ya. Do your day.